Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Full Press Packers Pod part of full press coverage. My name is Kyle Senra, and joining me is my co-host, Jesse Hall. How are you doing, Jesse? Hey, Kyle, I'm doing good. Uh, One week closer to the season and uh, some new faces uh, in Green Bay. Yes, absolutely. Uh, The second episode of this new season here in uh, 2024. And uh, for the 2024 season, the Green Bay Packers did make some significant changes, especially to the defensive side of the football when it comes to the coaching staff. Matt LaFleur is still there, and I, basically they retained the entire offense and coaching staff. And, uh, you know, made some slight additions at the, at the back end, but the, the, considering how well the offense did in Jordan Love's first year, I think that's a smart decision for, right off the bat. To, like, A, keep LaFleur. That was, there was actually hot seat talk of him earlier in the season, which is kind of crazy, but I think to not only have LaFleur, but have his entire offensive staff under him that worked so well last year. Stanovich is still the offensive coordinator. I think uh, let's let's see what this version of the offense can do in year two. And uh, yeah, so I definitely love that decision. It, it kind of seemed like a no-brainer decision. <laughs> the Packers thought so. Oh, yeah, right. If it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Um, you hope the only time you lose coaches is when uh, they get plucked from you for, you know, better jobs in the future for them. So uh, fortunately for us, uh, we get to keep most of the guys in, 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 uh, in-house and keep uh, moving this offense forward. Yeah, and uh, you know, we can't really say the same thing, though, about the defensive <laughs> coaching staff. Um, we've been pretty critical of Joe Barry for years, it seems, Jesse. And we, I mean, not just you and I, but like Packers fans and basically everyone in sports media in general. Uh, right. Yeah, everyone in the world. Packers world. It's not just Packers nation because there's, there's two different countries on this pod. <laughs> yeah, it was time. It might have been a year too late, whatever. It is what it is, but... Uh... You know, you always you always hate for someone to lose a job, but he's employed again, so it's not like he's out on the streets. So he's he's back out there working. But um, yeah, it, it was time for sure, and just need a need a facelift on defense. We'll, we'll actually briefly touch on Joe Barry a little later, which is I find something funny about that. But um, yeah, it's uh, Joe Barry's gone, and they brought in Jeff Halfley to be the Packers' defensive coordinator. If you're like me and don't know college football, you are probably who? Huh? Who is this? Which is my reactions before I actually went and did research on him. And, and so, yeah, uh, there's you know a lot of turnaround on that defensive side of the staff. And it started at the very top. Jeff Halfley brought in as the defensive coordinator. So I guess first question to you, Jesse, is 
did you know who he was at all? I know you know college football more than I do, so I, I guess maybe you knew who this this was. Uh, so I knew the name, right? Uh, that was it. Um, so yeah, even if you do follow college football, I think a lot of people said who. Um, and that's typical Green Bay fashion. They like to hold their cards close to their chest because out of all the names they were interviewing, <laughs> this one never popped up until he basically got the job. So it was, it was a pretty crazy move. But um, yeah, after I did some digging myself, you know, because again, I, I, I knew of him, but didn't really know anything about him. Um, and had to do some digging. And uh, the more I hear him talk and the more I read and the more I see, uh, I'm, I'm loving it. Uh, I, I think he's the right man for the job. Well, hey, I, I love the confidence that you bring. Uh, <laughs> again, coming from college, I like uh, just he's so unknown, but I do think there are some really good, strong qualities. And if you just look through his resume and history, and that, that's, I guess, the next thing we'll talk about. So for those who don't know where he's from, he has spent the la- the previous four seasons as head coach of Boston College. It seems like he also ran the defense while he was the head coach. So it's the you know, defensive side of the football, his discipline naturally. I guess the one thing that might be concerning, he's only ever been a defensive coordinator one year in his entire coaching career. He was the Ohio State defensive coordinator in 2019. I guess he must have did a, a oh. formidable enough job in the one year to immediately get a head coaching job and actually retain it the, uh, the past four seasons. So I'd, I'd imagine Boston College has had some success since he's been there. Yeah, so it's pretty interesting. Um, so he was actually a co-defensive uh, coordinator at Ohio State. So he wasn't even his own job. He was sharing it with somebody else. But mm-hmm. uh, the year before, Ohio State was awful on defense. I'm talking about, like, dreadful awful, even though they were still a good team because there's so much talent coming out of there. And in his one year there, they were uh, top three in the nation. So he did something right. They, they were doing something good. Um, and – to your point, he has spent time in the NFL, so it's not like he was only in college. Not a defensive coordinator, obviously, but uh, he, he's come up through the ranks in the NFL, so that I think that's good. He's been in both both sides of the coin there. Um, Boston College, like, listen, first of all, these head coaches don't even want to coach in college anymore. The way that game has changed and the battle and all this, and now you know teams can pluck anybody from you, especially if you're at a Boston College or a middling kind of kind of program like that it you can't compete um it just and he kind of spoke about that i don't know if you saw his presser last week kyle but uh he couldn't stand being a head coach he because he didn't get to coach it was more of like a project manager i think he said so he's getting back to what he loves and he's a film junkie which is good i mean i've never seen anybody that excited when he was talking about film but uh, he's getting back to his roots and that's coaching and and i think that's what what fits good with Green Bay, where he's gonna he's talking about X's and O's and all that stuff, but he wants to be hands-on, you know, and get back to what he loves. And you could tell that passion was real. It wasn't just coaches talking, all this other good stuff where, you know, saying the right things. You could tell this man loves coaching football, and he's got a young group to do it with. So, hey, you know, those young Packers, half of them still could be college players. So I think the fit's great. And he's certainly going to have his work cut out for him. I mean, every defensive coordinator in the NFL will. There's so much that goes into game planning week to week when you get to the season. But long before then, he's going to completely redesign this defense. And the big change uh, coming from the Packers, going back to maybe their roots, let's go back to the Lombardi days. The Packers will be apparently transitioning transitioning their base defense to 4-3 instead of the 3-4, which has been like that for Several regimes now have, have stuck with the three four as a base. And yes, there's so many sub packages. And really, we've seen both Mike Pettin, Don Capers, really not both, and, and even Joe Barry to a certain extent. They'll play the linebackers up on the line. So sometimes, even though it's a three four defense, it really looks like five defensive linemen. So, you know, there's all sorts of permutations and formations. But the, the big thing is, uh, I think, Jesse, you actually, I don't know. I wouldn't say broke the news. Maybe maybe broke the news to our listeners who hadn't heard it, but uh, referenced it on our last episode when we we did talk. Uh, you know, previously in the previous episode, we mostly just talked on NFL head coaches, but we did want to get uh, our guest Terry Biggs' input. Uh, he's such a smart football mind. You talk about film junkie. This guy loves to watch tape. Uh, so lucky to have him at full press coverage. But uh, he was. Uh, we talked a little bit about that about Jeff Halfley, what he thought, and then then you mentioned uh, on the previous episode that uh, the team would be going to a four three defense. So would you like to expand upon that? Yeah, so first of all, if you're a fan of the Packers and you wanted to get Joe Barry out, 
this is the exact opposite of Joe Barry. It's not always oh, a little bit different or, you know, he's not going to be doing even the same scheme. He is the opposite of Joe Barry. So if we wanted it, we got it. Um, yeah. So he's going to a traditional, you know, even front four, three, again, like you just said, you're in base defense, maybe 20, 25% of the time in games. Um, but he wants to press. He wants to press receivers. He wants to get physical. He wants to get up in their face. Uh, you tell me when Joe Barry did that, and I'll give you a hundred bucks because that was very seldom that we ever did that. Um, so this guy, he says, you basically you have to be able to press if you want to play defense. Um, so that that was a breath of fresh air, and he's all about getting after it. Um, he be ready to give up some big plays again because Joe Barry was hey we can't give up the big play, and the philosophy was teams aren't going to be able to drive fifteen play drives on us. Eventually they're going to make a mistake and we'll capitalize. Uh, not halfway. He says, we're going to, we're going to get in their face and we're going to create mistakes. And if we get beat once in a while, so be it. Uh, he, he doesn't care. He's like, we're going to bring the game to them. We're going to play sound football and we're going to win. We're not going to let them take it to us. I love it. He's not a counter puncher. He's going to be throwing that first punch. Um, and even with that front, he kind of explained, you know, yeah, four, three traditionally, but he was talking about it's going to vary week to week. His game plans, he's going to put his posi- his players in the best position position to succeed. So depending on their opponent each week, he said, you might see all kinds of different stuff from me. It, it, it just depends who they're playing and their personnel. That right there said that <laughs> opposite of Joe Barry, hey, we're going to trot out the same thing every week. No, this guy's going to game plan to his opponent. Um it sounds amazing. Now, I think he's missing a few pieces, and that might take time. He specifically talked about the safety position and the kind of guy that fits it and sounded like, you know, Ed Reed or someone like that, which they don't grow on trees. But he was just talking about that guy that can be versatile and move around, and we all know that we're going to be looking for safeties, you know, probably not just in the draft, but free agency is going to have a whole bunch of them. So, but he was talking about that guy in the back end that they need to find and fill into this defense. But up front, uh, he sounded very pleased with the players he has in the front seven. You know, he's he's got the guys on the line that can get after the quarterback. He's got a few bigs, probably going to need a linebacker, but he, he likes the Quay Walkers that are super athletes. You know, he's just got to hone them in. So, again, if, if you're a – first of all, if I'm a player, this is the kind of coach I want to play for. This is what Jair Alexander has been begging for. You know, let's get physical. Let Give me their best guy and let me go at it with them all day long, right? You're going to see that this year. You're going to see us up in dudes' faces, you know, again, give up a big play here or there, so be it. Uh, let's get some turnovers. Let's get physical, you know, and, and just go after it. Um, so, sounds like a good time, Kyle. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, I think that was a great breakdown, Jesse, of, of everything that kind of Halfley, with his, his philosophies, we talked about in press conferences, schematics, the X's and O's. I love the point you made that he's almost the exact opposite of Joe Barry. And it's true. And it's also very fitting how much you talk specifically about defensive backs. Cause it seems like with Joe, I mean, Joe Barry, his discipline is front seven. Like he came up as linebackers, defensive line, pass rush coach, uh, and then you know, defensive coordinator. So it seems like it, and the thing we praised about Joe Barry is, you know, use of Kenny Clark, moving him around, uh, getting creative, not just, you know, not just a straight up rush. Like, okay, well, stunts, with Kenny Clark and an interior player or an exterior player and just all these creative things, especially on the defensive line, but in the front seven in general, but it almost mm-hmm. seemed like with Joe Barry planning, the defensive backfield was an afterthought. Okay. All this creative stuff here. zone, just a simple zone that it's super easy to read and exploit. If you have you play slot receivers, it's really easy to exploit because they they'll cover it with the linebackers. Um, so I it's, it is really the exact opposite because I think also the defensive philosophy of, you know, where their approach comes from, their previous vocations. And you mentioned Jeff Halfley did have some NFL experience between 2013 and 2018. That's six seasons. He was a defensive backs coach for three different teams. So Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2013, Cleveland Browns 2014 and 2015. And he was the, the San Francisco 49ers defensive backs coach from 2016 to 2018. So that's three different teams and regimes that have decided we want you coaching our defensive backs that eventually got bigger responsibilities co-defensive coordinator at ohio state head coach at boston college now back to a defensive coordinator but it seems like the idea behind halfley is the details especially in the secondary is where he will make the biggest impact 
you kind of said it already, Jesse, too. Player-wise, the, the, and I, we've talked about this, I think, on previous episodes, it seems like the the priority to add to this team, whether it's through the draft and, or free agents, it really should be and. It's probably good. Oh, yeah, you need enough depth in, in the defensive backfield where you're probably going to do both, free agency and address in the draft. But that secondary is what probably needs the most work. You know, oh, big time. Jair, and, and that's assuming Jair Alexander stays. If he leaves, that's even more than he needs to add, right? But it, but to your point, <sighs> maybe this is Halfley is the type of hire that makes Jair want to stay. Oh, 100%. Um, I don't think Jaw's going anywhere. But to your point, I mean, name the safeties that are on the roster today. Um, <clears throat> there really is Jonathan any. Owens and Anthony Johnson. <clears throat> that's it. You know, and, and I liked what we saw with both of them at times. You know, and Johnson might be able to grow. He had a good rookie season, I thought. But you need you need guys. And luckily, the good thing is safeties don't always break the bank. Even though I think Whit, uh, Winfield Jr. will break the bank this year. But there's some really good NFL starters that are going to hit the market. <clears throat> I think you need one of them at least, maybe two. And then you can still draft a guy if you want. But and even a corner. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get in Stokes. But this, this is definitely going to keep Jair happy. And look at our other guys and how they're built. Like Valentine and Kerrigan are both bigger guys that want to be physical. Guess what? That's what this guy runs. Let him get let him get physical up at the line, you know. And then you have those safeties on the back end that can cover ground. Even Darnell Savage, you know, as bad as he was in that last game, and oof, this is the kind of defense where he can just kind of fly around. Where it might make sense to see if you can bring him back cheap and just see what you've got in him. Um, and that's the thing with Halfley. He straight up said, and if you can go back to Ohio State, said, I don't care if you're a five-star or I don't care if you're undrafted or a number one pick. I'm going to play the best player, and that's the guy that shows up in practice and shows me he's the best. So he's going to play whoever's playing good football. He don't care where you're drafted and any of that crap. And that's the coach you want to come in right now, and everybody's got to compete and still earn that job. So, yeah, you add some talent to the defensive secondary, you got the right guy here for it. Actually, I am looking. Uh, Jonathan Owens isn't even under contract this year. I think he's about to be a free agent. So really, it's yeah. Anthony Johnson. There's a couple names under contract at safety. Christian Young, Tyler Coyle, Zion Gilbert, and Zane Anderson. Uh, Zane Anderson is the only one that ever saw a snap in the NFL. So <laughs> there's not a lot in the cupboard right now. Yeah, so no, for sure. So that's definitely the uh, position to address for sure i think and uh am i seeing this right that Keyshawn nixon's also a free agent or about yes. to be a free agent yep. so about yeah i mean you've you've really got you know you know he, you're, you're likely going to have five defensive backs on the field most of the time anyway so you, you really have maybe three penciled in guys uh, between jair alexander eric stokes and anthony johnson valentine maybe and he did take some steps up but uh you know the Still, that's that's ignoring all the backup players and the depth you need behind that too. So yeah, it definitely needs to there needs to be some additions made to the defensive backfield. But oh, even so, sure. you're adding all these new pieces in. They need good coaching to get them there, and not only can Jeff Halfley design a good defense, it seems, but also get those details coached up. You know, and, and <clears throat> Green Bay has given new coordinators shiny new toys to play with. We go back to Dom. Changing defense, you know, we we went with Raji and Matthews. And then, uh, you know, even more recently when we went all edge guys with both Smiths, Preston and Z coming in, um, I mean, hey, add the pieces. So if we double dip at safety, I would not be surprised if we went with two. And I think Goody said it as much when he said, I, we're in a good position where we can go get a guy that we want. So, you know, do we have a ton of money? No, but we have enough where we can move it around and add that spot. Thankfully, it's in a position that doesn't break the bank. So it'll be interesting. But to your point earlier, this guy coaches defensive backs. He's done it for a while. That's his expertise. So it'll it'll be fun to actually use him properly for once in a while. In a long time, I should say. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
that covers Jeff Halfley, new Packers defensive coordinator. But when Halfley came in, he also made a big shakeup of the rest of the defensive staff underneath him. And so I'll actually, one of the things I think we'll start with Jesse is the, the coaches he retained because there's, there's only two. <laughs> he essentially like of all the high level defensive coaches, it's almost completely turned over. Now the one, I think maybe the most telling in terms of, uh, of retentions for a specific player, I mean, clearly this must be someone that Halfley believes in. Uh, it's Ryan Downard. He's been with the Packers since 2018. Started as defensive quality coach, worked his way up to assistant defensive backs coach for a few seasons. He coached the safeties in 2022 and then had the full responsibility of being the positional coach, the defensive backs coach in 2023. Again, not, not to echo things too much, but we talked about Jeff Halfley. That's what he coached when he, back when he was in the NFL, before his uh, Ohio State, Boston College days. He was a defensive backs coach. So you have to imagine, he knows as, a, as a, not only a defensive coordinator, but someone with head coaching experience, he has a pretty good idea of what he wants in all his position coaches and all his defensive staff. But you have to imagine the, the position coach that he know, understands the best and probably very specific on who he wants in that job and how they, he wants them to approach the job would be the defensive backs coach. So for Halfley to come into this new position with that defensive backs background, see Ryan Downard on the team, see that he was the defensive backs coach last year and say, he is the guy I want. Hey, I mean, guess, guess Joe Barry did something right. <laughs> he may put Downard in, in a position of power, but maybe with Halfley will also give Downard more input on the, and together they come up with a very good secondary, well, a primary plan for the de, for the defensive secondary, I should say. Uh, so I just find that very interesting, but also really telling that Downard got to keep this job. So it must mean Halfley must really believe in him then. Right. Well, one, he's been he's been through three regimes now, so that says something about Downard just coming up through the program because all these coaches talk, man. Like they got the scoop on everybody. <clears throat> They know who works and plays well with others and stuff like that. And then you got this guy to your point. Yeah. I mean, he's still got to run the Barry defense, right? Whether he agrees with it or not, you know, you still got to listen to the guy run his defense, but he might have a connection with these players where Halfley's like, I just don't want that to break. And I can learn a lot from this guy just coming in the door and being around these guys. So to your point, there's something that he sees in him that you kept him around because Matt LaFleur let everybody on the staff, he said, you're free to look for other jobs if you want to. But they retained some guys that they didn't even let get out the door. So that, that matters. So, yeah, that it, it's it's telling, to your point. It's it's really telling that they see a lot in this young coach. Well, and, yeah, the, the two, two of the specific guys they kept both are going to be positional coaches for the Packers. So Downard as defensive backs coach. Uh, they also retained Jason Rebervich. He will now be the defensive line coach. This is actually a promotion for him. He was the Packers pass rush coordinator last year, and then the outside linebackers coach in 2022. So he gets the full defensive line as as a um, as the uh, I guess well he's the positional coach, but he as his uh, responsibility I should say uh, for the defensive line. Uh, so it's uh, it's a good promotion from within. So again, clearly they. they you know, because of how much change he made to the staff. I mean, if he wanted to clean sweep, bring in an entire new staff, he had the green light to do that. LaFleur would have honored it entirely, but Halfley seems to have wanted both Ryan Downard and also Jason Reprovich kept Downard in his position, but actually decided to give a promotion to Reprovich. The one reason I like this is because this won't be Reprovich's first time as a defensive line coach. He uh, was with the, the Bills between 2013 and 2016, uh, he coached both the outside linebackers and the defensive line at times in that tenure and was the Jags defensive line coach from 2017 to 2020. So Downard and Rebrovich both uh, become, well, re retain in, in the case of Downard and Rebrovich a promotion to a positional coach, in this case, the defensive line. Yeah, and again, if you see young talent, I, well, I shouldn't say young, he's been around a while, but if you see talent, you, you want to retain it, right? So uh, the guy's coming up, you know, from getting a promotion, um, getting to take over the whole D line. Obviously he knows these guys. He's been around for a little bit. You know, even if you just worked on the pass rush, you, you work with all these guys on the line. Right. 
So he's got a connection with them. And again, Halfley being a DB's guy, uh, a lot of the other coaches are gone. He keeps around at least a guy in-house to help coach his defense. So I, I think it's a good move. Yeah, last year's defensive line coach, Jerry Montgomery, he had been, I believe, the longest tenured uh, Packers coach in general, not just defense, but offense and defense. Uh, he'd been with the Packers since 2015 and eventually moved, worked his way up to coach the defensive line, but uh, Halfley uh, did not want to retain him. Uh, they also uh, moved on from linebackers coach Kirk Olivadotti. And then uh, this was a this is almost a bit of a surprise that I remember. Oh, yeah, that's right. We went through this already, but uh, they also uh, did not retain defensive passing game coordinator Greg Williams. And before everyone freaks out, not that Greg Williams. Not this is just one G Greg, not two G Greg. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, so the, that's th- and that's three big important uh, coaches on that defensive staff: Montgomery and the defensive line, Olivadotti at the linebackers, Greg Williams, uh, defensive passing game coordinator. That's the three big responsibilities. Uh, so needed to be retained. Uh, the one person they didn't keep, and I don't, I don't think this was by choice, was Justin Hood. Uh, he had a minimal role on the team, defensive quality control assistant. So there was, you know, there might have been a, a you know, he might have been, uh, you know, who maybe Downard's assistant defensive backs coach. Maybe he was in line for promotion with the Packers, but he got an even better gig with the Falcons. Atlanta, uh, with their new head coach and staff, which we did talk about last week, Raheem Morris there, uh, they decided to make Justin Hood their defensive backs coach. So he's gone from the Packers. And that's maybe the one person that Halfley might have wanted to retain. You know, he clearly wanted Downard more, so Downard gets the defensive backs job. Good for Justin Hood to go get that positional coach job and, and move up with the coaching ranks. But, uh, yeah, moved on from Montgomery, Olivadotti, and Greg Williams as three big important parts of that uh, defensive brain, brain trust. Yep, and when a new coach comes in, you know, and, and that was a strange thing uh, with Joe Barry when he came in, we retained everybody. So that just seemed weird to me from the jump that you don't even bring in any of your own guys or guys that you want to go get. That was strange. Uh, right from the jump, it's, it felt like, eh, okay, so you're the head guy, but you don't have your guys. Uh, okay. Not, or not he doesn't care about that. those spots. Okay, someone can do that. Uh, defensive backs, I, don't, I hate that. <laughs> and not <laughs> to that say too. that that's how Joe Barry approached it, but it, to be honest, Jesse, it does kind of feel that way a little bit, as we've seen. It's it's always an afterthought in the game planning instead of three, just three levels, three, all three equally integral parts of the defense, which it seems like half of is way he's spoken, not just about defensive backs, but the defense general, it seems like there's that emphasis will be be true and all defensive players are equal on the team. Oh, I, I mean, I, Kenny I Clark's so. the best, but like everyone else behind him is equal on the team. Right. And, and right. I, I'm with you there, you know, where it's like, Hey, everything matters and we got to be a one unit, you know, and, and you just, you, you, I didn't get that feeling that, I mean, there at times they played as one unit, but it just seemed like it was discombobulated at times where I think this is a, one beating heart kind of, kind of coach. So uh, it'll be fun. And I think we can go right into him. Um, I think the big catch, I don't know if you think so, but Anthony Campanelli, it just sounds like from speaking and hearing what these guys are saying, this dude's going to be a head coach someday. That's how high like circles are talking about him. And uh, Halfley has wanted him. (laughs) He said, it was kind of funny. He's like for the last 10 years, it seems like they've been like one year apart from each other, wherever they were at, they were like, they never got to get sync up. And he's like, so I made sure I hired him right away because he wanted him. But um, yeah, Campanelli's been, you know, just a rising star, it sounds like, from other coaches. A lot of people probably heard, you know, Hard Knocks last year. He was a pretty animated coach out on the field all the time. Um, just very, uh, very loud, very vulgar, and kind of a guy that's here to kick butt. So I like it. I like it a lot. Well, that, that answered my first question, because that actually was the first name I was going to, going to get to. Uh, we, we mentioned that the two positional coaches filled with uh, in-house candidates, but to mentioned Olivadotti, the linebackers coach, and I believe he was the Packers linebackers coach from 2019 to 2023. So long tenure there. To get rid of him, they needed to fill a new linebackers coach. And yes, uh, Campanelli which is not how I thought that was going to be pronounced. I'm also French-Canadian, so I was going into this thinking it was Anthony Campanil, um, which was kind of fun. My little joke was that when I was doing research on him, I was listening to the song Campanil by Exterio, uh, 
there's a whole island of mystery here on what his role is going to be exactly because he actually has two roles. So not only will he be coaching the linebackers, he's also the defensive run game coordinator. And considering how much influence Halfley probably has on the passing game side of it, one could argue Campanile is probably going to be the second most important defensive person on the staff. Certainly probably have the second most authority, not being just a yeah. positional coach, but also a coordinator specifically here for the run game. And, uh, you know, that's going to be a bit of a promotion to him to have that run game coordinator tag, but he's coached linebackers before. So that shouldn't be anything new to him. As you mentioned, he was with the Dolphins 2020 to 2023 with uh, Miami. And then he was also uh, funny how he and Halfley might've met and crossed paths this way. He was the Michigan linebackers coach in 2019, the same year Halfley was co-defensive coordinator at Ohio state. I don't know anything about college football. Do, do those two have a rivalry or something? I'm, I know, I know at least that. <laughs> yeah yeah they don't like each other that's for sure <laughs> all right well uh it's funny how because i'm an nhl guy again french canadian uh the michigan ohio teams actually reverse the color because the red wings are in red not not the ohio state team being red and the blue jackets are clearly in blue uh in columbus so uh yeah that, i always find that funny but uh so to me to me michigan's red and, and ohio's ohio and the state of ohio is blue but apparently in college football it's weird and it's not that so <laughs> but uh yeah you know what who cares who they used to be with halfley and campanile together but uh yeah I, do you so yeah back to that uh statement i made that you know having the linebacker and defensive run coordinator title that dual title do you believe outside of halfley campanile will have the most influence on this defense of all these coaches oh by far i don't even think it's close i mean you got you got halfley you know who's a professional on the back end right you know with the db is you know, he's bringing his guy in that he's going to trust with, hey, we have not been able to stop the run in Green Bay since 1997. Um, I'm trusting you up front to make these guys in to be able to stop the run and at the same time just growing these these linebackers, getting the most out of them. Um, because if you look inside too, you know, you have Walker, you're probably not going to have Campbell around anymore. So you're going to have a probably another young guy coming up that's going to have to learn quickly on the fly. Uh, and then your pass rushers on the outside, you know, it, it's granted, you know, you're going to have guys like Gary, who's his hands going to be in the ground, but you're going to move him around a lot too. So he might have to stand up and, you know, especially if you're going to be in sub packages, he's, he's going to have to teach these guys how to play. So he is going to be an important part of the defense for sure. And it seems like the, when you switch from three, four to four, three, it always does seem like the biggest adjustments are those, others outside linebackers specifically now to be fair i think for the skill sets of of gary and, and preston smith I, I suppose especially for smith because he seems pretty good in coverage but that's kind of one of the expect expectations when the the pass rush comes from the front four so much those those outside linebackers might be tasked with covering a lot more. i feel like preston smith's fine but yeah rashawn gary how is he gonna react to that do they end up just having Rashawn Gary play defensive end instead of outside linebacker as well I think that's totally a possibility so I don't know if anyone's anything's been confirmed maybe just move them around between both but uh yeah I think that's that'll be a, a task for Campanile to get those guys prepared like where does, where does Lucas Van Ness end up does he end up as an outside linebacker as a defensive end so I think maybe identifying our a who we already have and how they fit into those positions that's like that's really the first challenge for this defensive coaching staff well, and yeah, with those guys like Gary and Vanessa, they're gonna they're gonna be three four ends. You know that that's what they're gonna be because <clears throat> now your three linebackers are are not those bigger guys. Like you're gonna have your guy in the middle, which it'll probably it might not even be Walker because he's such an athlete he can move around. But you know you're gonna have your Will and your Sam or your strong linebacker, whatever you want to call them. But they're gonna be smaller guys that can fly around. So it, it's totally a different body type that we don't really have outside of maybe Walker. And and I like McDuffie too, which he was coached by Halfley at Boston College. But um, the, what's after that? <laughs> nothing, absolutely nothing right now. So you're going to get some new guys that are off ball linebackers. I guess that's the biggest thing to say, you know, with the difference here is, you know, even in the three, four, your outside linebacker was on the ball. He was on the line of scrimmage and he was usually coming forward. Um which you did make a good point. Preston Smith was decent in coverage, but now these guys are going to be off ball linebackers. They're going to be three to five yards off the ball, you know, and playing more in space and trying to scrape off of this, this even front. 
So it, it's it's bodies that we don't have. So guess what? You bring in your guy that you trust to whoever they get. He's going to coach them up. So it'll be interesting. Well, I mean, the last time we talked about Joe Barry, but one of the things I did find hilarious was mentioned his tenure. Campanile, Dolphins linebackers coach. He gets the yep. he comes over to the Packers. And who fills his role in Miami? If not Joe Barry, now the linebackers coach of the Dolphins. So that's uh, they, hilarious. They downgraded. <laughs> they downgraded I'll well, tell you that. and you know what you're saying camp and i'll eventually be in a head coach he'd be probably going to be a defensive coordinator at some time before that so the truth is he might not be with the packers very long if he does such an amazing job which we want <laughs> they might almost be too good of a thing and uh he ends up becoming a defensive coordinator somewhere it seems like he may be on the verge of that pretty soon so uh yep. take advantage of his knowledge while he's there i suppose and have him be part of this big transition to this new defense yeah, it'd be interesting, you know, uh, and like you said, you know, it, it was a bidding war and we won the bidding war because it, it sounded like he had other suitors that that wanted him to come to their team. So it, it might be a short tenure, but uh, that means good things happen. So uh, I welcome it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't keep everyone. And yeah, if the, the, the mark of a good team is that you lose a bunch of coaches because you ain't far now everyone's promoting them and. You're, you're obviously, yep. if you've done well, you're keeping your head coach and as his, as his spot. So you're like your coordinators aren't necessarily going to take his job unless unless he's someone who's retiring. But yeah, it's uh, I mean, and I mean, this might be one of the most important seasons they've had on defense. Like you said, they haven't stopped the run since 1997. So uh, Terrell Davis, all it took was Terrell Davis, and this defense has never been the same. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, sorry about that, folks. I'm <laughs> sure no one wants to remember that much. Um, we'll helicopter back to the, these coaching staffs, but yeah, um, actually, I, I do find it interesting how, how the, what's going to happen in Miami with the linebackers there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I do wonder last comment, I was going to make a, you know, a CFL comment here, uh, which won't be the last time I do on this episode, I don't think, but, uh, in the, in the CFL, every team plays four, three as a base. Part of that is because there's a there's a ratio rule in the CFL. I think it's basically yeah, I think it's fifty percent of your starters and the players on your team have to be Canadian. And it seems like it's a lot easier to find Canadian linemen, both offensive and defensive, and then defensively, a lot easier than it is to find Canadian linebackers. So teams would yeah. have a really hard time playing four linebackers because it's for for almost most teams in the CFL, that's four, that's three Americans. So if you go to a, a three, four defense and having to play four linebackers, that really messes up the ratio. Uh, there's other positions that you'd have to play. You'd prefer to play American that you'd have to play Canadian. So uh, typically teams just, it's, it's easier to find Canadian defensive linemen. So it's just, it's just easier to play four, three as a base, the Sam linebacker. So the strong side linebacker, which is typically the, right side of the offense, offense, the left side of the defense, uh, that in the CFL, that Sam linebacker almost acts more like a defensive back than they are a linebacker. And I do wonder if there will, if there'll be an element of that to this defense as well, where, you know, if you're, if you're playing, I mean, let's say you're playing in, in a, a, a four, two, five. And, uh, you know, that, that fifth player who's, you know, you can, can you make it a hybrid linebacker slash defensive back? Uh, imagine if you're playing with like a three-three-five, where you've got your nickel defensive back out. You have your three linebackers, and then that one linebacker almost acts as, as another secondary player. That's that's essentially having six defensive backs out there on the field. So I wonder if those types of concepts could be in play for, frankly, a defensive staff that is highly influenced by defensive back. I didn't think we we're going to get this deep, Kyle. I love it. Um, so, yeah, that's why a lot of these uh, college coaches are getting poached because what have they tried to start to figure out in college? How to stop these spread offenses? Well, what are they doing to stop it? The three, three, five. You're exactly right. So you have just uber amounts of athletic talent that can play both in the box linebacker and good enough to cover, you know, and can match up maybe against your bigger receivers or your tight ends. And you have to have the bodies to do it. But <clears throat> that's one way of doing it. You know, you win the, the first down and then you can go to this sub package where you still have enough pass rushing guys like Clark and Gary and whoever else up there. <clears throat> and then you can play traditional linebackers and just have guys that can fly, you know, all around. 
So that that's a great point. And that's what the NFL is trying to figure out. How do we stop these high scoring offenses like Miami and teams like that? Well, you got to put more athletes on the field. That's exactly right. So good point. Because the one thing about this coaching staff is they're almost, they're essentially three defensive backs coaches. There's Jeff yep. Halfley is the DC. There's Ryan Downard is the actual defensive backs coach. And I mentioned uh, with Campanile, he's linebackers, but also defensive run coordinator. They brought in someone just specifically to be the defensive pass game coordinator. And that's Derek Ansley. Uh, he, ha- he has actually defensive coordinator experience. He was Los Angeles Chargers defensive coordinator last year. Uh, although I, I believe Brandon Staley was still calling plays on defense, yep. at least for a certain part of that. So not a play calling, but he wouldn't be asked to necessarily call plays here either. But that idea of being a coordinator for the whole defense, even with a defensive head coach, still means that there's a lot of responsibility there. So be the, just just in, in charge of the passing game actually suits him well, because before that that tenure, he was the Chargers defensive backs coach so that the chargers promoted him from within gave him a bit more responsibility he was the db coach there from 2021 to 2022 two seasons he was also the raiders defensive backs coach in 2018 so again between ansley downard and of course defensive coordinator jeff halfley that's three either former or now with downard current defensive backs coaches so i think that's there's going to be a huge emphasis with this entire coaching staff because there's so much experience coaching defensive backs that the secondary isn't going to be a secondary thought. It's going to be a primary part of the game plan. No, and, and to your point, yeah, he, defensive coordinator last year, <clears throat> they look at the char- Chargers defense, and you're like, ah, they weren't very good. Well, the last two years he was there, they were fourth in the league in passing defense. So overall, they might not have been good, but they were pretty good against the pass. So they're bringing in a guy who knows how to stop the pass. Um, and that's his job, defensive them- passing game coordinator. He doesn't have, exactly. he has no run game responsibility whatsoever. Right. Which right. basically right. is, is what the, yeah. Cause the, the chargers run defense has been one of the worst the past few seasons. So it's been, they basically haven't had any run defense there at all. So he's, he'll be, he'll be accustomed to it essentially. Right. So, the, and that's a good move. And Halfley has worked with him before tons of respect for him. So he's bringing in his dudes. So I like it. It's, it's a good fix, a good fit. And, put him in a position that he's shown before that he has succeeded in. So again, I think with our secondary going to be added new pieces, his job will be to get them all to work together as one. So uh, again, another, another hire for our new defensive coordinator. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. A few uh, other coaching staff notes here. And actually, Jesse, one of the things I did maybe kind of find surprising, Halfley, as as. No head coach of Boston College. He got to fully pick his staff, probably people he wanted to work with, but coaches who specifically wanted to be in the in the in college ranks. So I'm sure he there might have been some specific coaches he wanted, but they were more interested in being in the NFL, being the big show, which now he is. Now he gets to have that as an advantage, right? The coaches who want to be in the NFL, he gets to actually be able to coach the, uh, them, and they won't leave an NFL job to go to college if that's not what they're interested in. So. uh so and and so maybe a lot of these the staff at Boston College wants to stay in college. Maybe he left, but a lot of them still want to be in the NCAA. Uh, so I found it surprising that he really only brought, as far as I know, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, Jesse, but it looks like he only brought one person with him from Boston College onto this new Packers staff. He went and he had very specific people in mind, and, did, and it didn't necessarily have to be people he had worked with. Some he did, but a guy like say Campanile, who he just he's is really admired from afar not having worked with him, but wanted to work with him, got his opportunity there. So it, he didn't, you know, he, he kept the, pl- the coaches he thought were the best fit between Downard and Reprovich camp someone he's been after for a while, but yeah, not, not anyone up to this point we've talked about who came with him from Boston college. So I don't know if you found that surprising, but it, I, I think it's a good thing. Uh, it says he's, he's just, he's not playing favorites and he's who's the best person for the job. Uh, and that's exactly right. I think, you know, he, he could have brought everybody he wanted with him, but 
yeah, you're in the league and you it's 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 Super Bowl this year, right? That's ex- expectation. You you don't play the buddy system, which I think we've played a little bit over the last couple of years. You go get the best guys you think are ready for the job and you're ready to go to work. So and and that's what I like about him. And I think that shows true to what he's been saying when he was talking about players. And, you know, I'm going to put the best player out there. I don't care where you're drafted. I don't care if I stood up in your wedding. I'm going to put the best guy out there. And I think he did that with his staff. So that's good. That's good for business. That being said, the one person, again, correct me if I'm wrong, I think this is the only coach he's brought from Boston College with him. I don't think, I don't know. I haven't seen any others in this. But uh, Vince Ogabasi, who was the defensive line coach uh, the entire time Halfley was the head coach at Boston College. So 2020 to 2023, uh, he also coached the defensive line uh, at UCLA from 2018 to 2019. So two seasons there, followed by last four alongside Halfley at Boston College. So if for all the members of the Boston College staff he could have brought, for him to bring on Ogabasi with him, must speak volumes to how good Ogabasi is, maybe also his desire to want to jump to the NFL, even though it's a you know, it's a step back technically because he's going from coaching the defensive line to an assistant defensive line coach. But seems like he's going to work really closely next to Jason Rebrovich. So, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Og- Ogabasi gets a, it's a pass for me so far. Uh, if, uh, if Halfley has worked with him for four seasons and still wants to work with him. That must be a good sign. Right. Yeah, exactly. So you're bringing him up. Yeah. He's starting a little bit lower on the totem pole in the NFL, but he worked with him for four years. Um, he's also worked with him uh, when he was with the Raiders, I believe also. So 49ers. Maybe you, yeah, the 49ers. That, that, you're right. That, that is something key. Yes. He was the assistant defensive line coach uh, in San Francisco, yeah. 2016 to 2017. Uh, so uh, that 2016, 2018 is Halfley's tenure as defensive backs coach with the 49ers. So yes, right. you're right. They, so, they, I mean, lots of experience together. Right. Good. So, so something they like about and working with each other and that, yeah. And you need a little bit of that too. Like when, when I was saying before, you know, yeah, you don't want to bring all your buddies just because you're buddies, but having a little continuity, you know, especially for a first season, it's, you want to bring guys you can, you can trust you and you've worked with too. So that's good. You know, that's a guy you can, he can probably trust after working with him for what sounds like at least six years. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, this, uh, yeah, the, the, again, new philosophy for this four, three. So you've got uh Rebrovich and Ogabasi specifically having to transition this D line from a primary three man front to a four man front. Of course, Campanile will help the, the linebacking aspect of that as well. We did add, add one other big piece too, one that needed to happen: <clears throat> uh, strength and conditioning. After Chris Gizzy's been there for how many years? Way too long again, and a lot of these injuries. Hey, we went out and we plucked uh, one from San Francisco's group. So uh, Aaron Hill is now our strength and con- conditioning coordinator. Okay, yeah, that, that's you know what we talk X's knows football, but before you even get to football, have these athletes as best prepared physically and also mentally as they can be is, is super important. I mean, that's hey, I don't think we have to tell Packers fans about the importance of if you have the best athletes and you make them the best athletes, how much success you can have. That was, that was Vince Lombardi's whole thing. They, he completely revolutionized training camps, got these guys to perform physically just way better than everyone else in the NFL. And guess what? They five NFL championships in like a nine year span, eight year span completely dominant yep. because and then everyone eventually caught up and now training camps kind of standardize really Lombardi really standardized what training camps should be before that up to that point it was kind of just you know the, the football aspect was X's nose everything X's nose everything football but the the conditioning and athletics part of it was up to that point not as important going into the late 50s and early 60s uh, through Lombardi's tenure so uh yeah we we can talk about the Lombardi days all we want right that's a good that's always a good topic on the full press Packers pod always but yes you're right Jesse great, great to mention that because I actually didn't have that on my list so good to mention that uh Hill is now the strength and conditioning coach so that's that's a, a key aspect that may not be talked about <laughs> clearly I didn't put it on my list so I, even I'm guilty of not talking about it enough Hey, behind the scenes stuff, it matters. It's always good to take away from the Niners, too. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they can get worse, right? Uh, I don't know. I guess Packers maybe technically took, took from a division rival. Um, 
so I think that that kind of rounded up the defensive staff. Uh, but there were a couple additions at the on the offensive staff. So they didn't take away from anyone, but they're going to bring in more guys and just keep renewing these these assistants uh, assistants at positional coaches. Um, so uh, yeah, did I miss anything on defense? No, I think that we covered defense. Right. So uh, they brought in a new assistant quarterbacks coach, and uh, also like I think anyway, uh, I guess his position hasn't been officially not named. They also brought in a new assistant wide receivers coach, and it's two former players who played those positions, quarterback and wide receiver. So starting with a former division rival, I mean, I don't know if he was good enough to be considered a rival. The team might have been, uh, but uh, <laughs> former Vikings quarterback, and I uh, played with a few teams. He was an NFL quarterback from 2015 to 2023, but that's Sean Nannion, who has joined the Packers staff. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he'll be an assistant quarterbacks coach. I've also heard assistant passing game coach. Like He's just going to help out in general with this passing offense, it seems give him his input as a now just recently retired NFL quarterback. Right. And, and you got to start somewhere and, you know, some of the greats, you know, don't know how to coach. And some of these guys are really good at X, X's and O's and weren't great NFL careers. Right. So um, obviously they like something in them, uh, you know, younger guy, you know, recently was playing football and got to start somewhere. Right. So why not learn under uh, Tom Clements, who's, <laughs> been like kind of a wizard for a long time so it's a good opportunity i think for both both sides hey i mean tom clemens he goes back to mccarthy days <laughs> yep <laughs> uh, better than joe philbin uh but uh but yeah um so the uh the assistant i guess a, a new assistant wide receivers coach is miles white and he actually was on the packers uh wide receiver for the packers in 2013 and 2014 Yeah, um, I don't know how long he was around with us, but yeah, definitely. So again, another, you know, just starting off, you know, getting getting someone, you know, a little bit of experience, you know, and hopefully they grow up through the system. But uh, I couldn't tell you a lot about his career or much about him. But um, and to that point, too, I think I think Matt LaFleur sitting at a good spot offensively where he got to keep his staff. And now you bring in some guys just to maybe add a few angles to it. So that that's a good thing. Just more guys in the room, more guys offering ideas. I mean, White would have been there when they drafted Devontae, right? <laughs> right, exactly. He taught him everything he knew. Sure. Uh, he, he quickly <laughs> went to New York, though. He was with the Giants in 2015, and then he was on, you know, bouncing on, on practice squads before ultimately coming north of the border. And he was a, a receiver for the Toronto Argonauts in 2018 before eventually just retiring from professional football. Uh, yeah, CFL guy, too. We've already mentioned one. So there you go. There's, there's the second one. But uh, yeah, Sean Mannion, Miles White. Coming a uh, quarterback and wide receiver assistant coaches, respectively, on this uh, new, not not so new offensive staff, but for this 2024 season, which is a new year. So, uh, regardless of everything that's coming to pass, every year you start zero zero and have to, you, know, you really are building the ground up. Like, you know, offensively, I don't think they're going to recreate the offensive system, but they're certainly maybe not going to go exactly what it was last year. You always want to evolve, improve, and add new tweaks. But yeah, it's going to be a completely remade defense here, new concepts in the secondary, like you said, actually playing press coverage and not everything being deep off zones. And the, yeah, I guess the most tangible major change though will be going from a three, four base defense to a four, three base defense, four defensive linemen, three linebackers instead of the three, four, which had been that way for the Packers for so long. I suppose, you know, we can go back to the Reggie white, era late 90s they, they were running a 4-3 at that point but it's uh feels like yep. it's been you know maybe four or five defensive coordinators in a row that have run a 3-4 defense yeah so it came in with uh with dom so right before dom we were still in a in a 4-3 even front okay so dom capers is the one who changed it oh you're right yeah that's why right. you mentioned it with the you know with, with raji and, and going to matthews okay making your linebackers the, the main pass rushers true okay yep, that's fair that's okay so it's, it's been three coordinators but yeah let's get back to the classic packers time right and, and i mean the, the league's always changing right that's the big thing that you know for starting in the 2000s you saw a lot of teams because pittsburgh always ran a three four you know switch over to that you know just to get some pass rush bring extra pressure you know and trust your secondary and you know that's when teams started running the ball you know when you had like just the ladabian tomlinson's and backs doing all this stuff and and now you're seeing that switch start to sway back to the even front where you want to get pressure with four, 
and try to combat some of this passing game style. So it, it's an ever-changing league. And kind of like Halfley said, he's like, don't get too mixed up in it. We play so much, so much uh, sub packages that you might not see a lot of four, three base, but you know, you, you just got to adjust to your opponents. And that's a good thing. Again, we're, we have a coach now that's going to do completely opposite of what we had. So it's coming. <laughs> yeah. For everyone who wanted to get rid of Joe Barry, well, the Packers swung the pendulum the exact opposite way. So like they'll get what they want and then and we'll see if yep. this is uh I mean, it's all about execution at the end of the day, but it does seem like this is uh from the outside. It seems like a competent coaching staff that uh, we hope can help turn this around. And now, now it's time to address the roster though. Like now it gets to the players. And I mean, we've already heard some teams starting to franchise tag players. I don't think the Packers really have anyone worth franchise tagging. So I don't really think that's going to be much news to that regard, but uh, we may uh, you know, prep for free agency, maybe do some other things. Certainly once free agency opens and players sign, we'll definitely come back for an episode then. But uh, anything else you want to talk about here now, Jesse? Nope. It's just, you know me, I'm a, I'm a junkie for the college stuff. So it is combine week. So when we come back around, I'm sure we'll have some new draft crushes and guys that just killed it, you know, with no pads on. So uh, enjoy that. That starts up Thursday night. That's true. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, you know, we, we combine episodes here in into week. We may not be doing it every week. Uh, okay. To at least, you know, unlike maybe last year, but maintain the every two weeks at the very minimum, we might do, you know, you know, may not skip a week certain times of the year, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, so just stay tuned. Uh, keep paying attention to at FPC underscore Packers on X as our uh, podcast account. You can also follow your co-host individually. Jesse's at Hall underscore J Hall 1212. I'm at Senra Says. Also want to shout out PA the second who's on X at PA underscore II official. Also follow him on, on uh, other various social media platforms. Uh, just put out a new album at the end of 2023 called Illa You and he allows us to use one of the songs off that album as our intro and outro music. That song is called Odoye Wu. So uh, appreciate PA for that. Appreciate all the listeners. Uh, join us again for a new season here. In the second episode of the new season. I can, I can get off saying it's a new season. But uh, most of all, though, I really appreciate my co-host, Jesse Hall. So thanks again, Jesse. Great episode. Appreciate it, Kyle. Go Pat, go. Absolutely. And we'll uh, go now, but we will be back on the Full Press Packers Pod. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.